Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. Do you want to talk about a thing that we just discovered while trying to prep for another show? Yeah, completely. <laughs> Don't worry. We'll, we'll explain that in a second. Cue music. And welcome to another fine episode of Pants Talking Games. I am your host, Phil. And I am your other host, Senda. So on today's show, um, we started out by trying to do a different topic. Um, and we'll talk about that at the end of the show. Um, but in our discussion in like prep of that topic, we kicked over a rock and found something we hadn't talked about before. Not only have we not talked about it, we also felt that we had to address it before we could talk about the topic we had been planning to talk about. Yeah, it's not anything yeah. new to gaming. I just don't know if anyone's ever called it anything specifically. So, you know us, we like to stick name tags on everything. So, we'll be we'll be we'll be talking about it with some and defining some things um for today's show and use today's show as a springboard to actually talk about some topics um for future shows. Yes. So that's the plan. Um, do you want to just tease really quickly what we are talking about? Yeah. So what we want to get into is um, creating some sort of definition around story-based play versus episode-based play. Yeah. And I want to really quickly just dispel that we are not talking about serial versus episodic play. So yes. the original definitions of serial play is like... Um, each session connects to the previous session, connects to the previous session. Episodic play, each session wraps up neatly like an episode of a TV show. We don't have a better term than episode play right now. We'll uh, try to evolve one as we go. Right. If we come up with one, we'll change this. <laughs> yes. But I think we'll make our point when we talk about it um, in a few minutes. Sound yeah. fair? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so we're going to talk about these two things, story-based play, episode-based play. Um, and we're going to start with story. And in order to do that, I'm going to pull out some old definitions um, from the um, Misdirected Mark show. They're terms that actually we use on this show. Um, I don't. I think maybe in the past we defined them also here, but they're terms I consistently use when I'm prepping both shows. So none of these should sound... Um, shocking to you. Um, yeah. And for reference, if you want to get like the real nitty gritty to where these um, were defined, you can go back to Misdirected Mark 242, Arc of the Misdirected. Uh, show I'm actually pretty proud of. It's actually a pretty good episode. It is. Okay. Talking about story arcs, campaign arcs, and things like that. Okay. Here's <laughs> our definitions for part one. Session. Uh, session is the time that we sit down and start playing until we stop playing for a given period, right? So your session length can be whatever it is for your group. Some groups, you know, some groups play for two to four hours in an evening. Um, in my youth, my session length was something like three in the afternoon till one in the morning. Mm -hmm. um, it all depends, right? Session is just the time you sit down to start playing until you're done does not denote a particular length. It is amorphous in that respect. 
the next term is story. Uh, and this is similar to kind of uh, an older term that was used more in the 80s, adventure. Um, but we're going to um, adventure is like a little more site based, right? Like, you know, it's a castle, it's a dungeon, it's a whatever. But we're going to use story um, because story is not site based. Um, rather, story is, um, I mean, quite simply, it's something that um, it's it's a story that we're trying to tell. Um, and it we call it a story because it has um, the most basic structure of a story, a beginning, middle, and end. And for simplicity, and we fully understand that there are many types of stories, but for simplicity, we're going to go back to our eighth grade favorite, Freetog's Pyramid, <laughs> um, with our, you know, uh, inciting incident, rising action, climax, denouement, you know, kind of thing, right? We all, you can all draw the little Freetog Pyramid. Mm -hmm. um, a story is that, right? Has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Okay, an arc we define as a set of related stories that when put together, tell a larger story. And an arc also has a story structure of a beginning, middle, and end. It too is like its own Freetog Pyramid. There's a little fractal quality between story and arc, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Okay, lastly, a campaign is one or more arcs that you play together, right? Um, and those don't necessarily have to have a beginning, middle, and end structure. Like, it could just be like arc one, then arc two, then arc three, and they don't actually build up to anything bigger. Or they totally can Right, that you could totally have arc one is the you know is really the campaign's inciting incident. Arc two is rising action, that kind of thing. You can do that, but you're not required to. Right, makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Those are pretty classic terms that we've used around here on the network for a while. And those terms, and this is where um, this is where when we got talking about this, this this yeah. is where we started to see the like little cracks in it, it, in our it discussion into a debate. <laughs> I don't think it was a debate. It was more like I think well, you brought how, some like, you brought some really good points that required me to um, up my game, so to speak. <laughs> um, but but really, what it did was it really revealed that there was another type of of play, and I've totally played that way. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Yes. Let me back up. Yes. Okay. Carrying on. All the terms I just talked about, story, arc, campaign, um, they all define a certain type of play. And it's a type of play that's pretty common. I guarantee you, if you've played any role-playing games, you've played in this type of play. And I'm going to call it, for this episode, story-based play. You could sub in the word mission-based play, adventure-based play, etc. But it's all the same things. The idea is that, um, and I think a lot of games work like this, right? The idea is that we're going to play uh, story A leads to story B that leads to story C that leads to story D, right? Each story has its own little free tog pyramid. But those stories are also part of an arc, can be part of an arc, right? So now story A um, is our inciting incident story b and maybe part of story c is our rising action with the climax happening at story c story d becomes our denouement that kind of thing depending on the story you're telling your mileage will vary about how many stories it takes to 
you know, traverse Freetalk's pyramid or if it's using a different structure. But for simplicity, go with me on this, that Mm -hmm. our arc has a little Freetalk pyramid. Sure. Okay. My Knights Black Agents game is actually is actually exactly like this, right? Yeah. There's a bigger arc, which is the vampire conspiracy. Mm-hmm. And each story is some part of that arc as we are heading, you know, we had my first um, mission that the guys played um, set in Stockholm was the inciting incident. Yeah. Right. And then the next city they went to, um, Budapest, that was part of the rising action. Right. Right. And on and on and on. Um, and this is very common. If you've played most, if you played any published adventures, they're pretty much like this. Um, it is a very um, standard way to play. Um, even, in fact, our Long Live the Queen game is also structured yeah. exactly like this because it's mission-based. It's totally mission-based, yeah. Sure. And so there's it'll a- be interesting to see, for me to see, because we've only so far played things that are... Um, like uh, missions that we were kind of recycling. Um, so I had some familiarity with them. I'm excited to see where we're going with a climax just to insert that. That's exciting to me because that's all new. Yeah. And I, and I think the important thing, uh, another thing to note here is that our long live the queen game. And when you say recycling, what we're recycling is old playtest scenarios. Yes. And those playtest scenarios were very much made for four hour sessions. They're yes. very compact, simple um, and they're in, and they're like their own little individual episodes. What we haven't done yet, and we'll probably do in the next mission or so, is start to um, structure the Long Live the Queen game into the campaign it needs to be. And yeah. actually, our um, Cortex rule set is actually kind of helping to show what needs to be in yeah. that game. Well, that's the thing yeah. we can talk it's about. It's really in interesting. Allowed. Whole in other thing. Yeah. yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay, okay. cool. So going back with me, <laughs> we've got our story-based play here, right? Where we've yep. got multiple stories connected in an arc, right? We could have multiple arcs connected into a campaign. Very familiar. There is another type of play that is structured differently. Yeah. What was really interesting about having this conversation is this is where I discovered that this is how I play, and probably run a lot of my games. So the other structure is based on plot lines that are driven by individual characters, right? Where each character has their story, and occasionally the character stories converge, occasionally or frequently, depending on what kind of game you're playing, right? Um, Those stories will converge and diverge and affect each other um, and kind of drive... um, you know, plot to happen, things to happen. I shouldn't even say plot, drama to happen. They drive things to happen. Um, so each session, then the GM is actually helping to advance each character's story um, or and, and possibly also um, one or more of their NPCs' stories, um, you know, as everything is going on. Um, and this is the kind of play that we're calling um, episode-based plays, as in like episodes of a soap opera. What's really interesting is we talked about all of this before the show, and somehow, looking at these notes and reading this right now, I'm not sure why we didn't call it character-based <laughs> play. I think that um, the reason we called it episode-based is one I was driving and talking really fast. Um, <laughs> yeah. But well, what I was, I was trying thinking, to get to the airport. <laughs> what I was trying to get to was the analogy of, uh, and this was relevant to me because um, 
this is relevant to me because uh, earlier this week I hurt my leg and I was in the doctor's office or I was at, at the um, well now place and they have a TV in there playing soap operas. Oh man. So that's what, that's what so I was like watching it. a soap opera, right? <laughs> I, I don't know like, which one, I don't know which one, yeah. but I, but the structure was immediately familiar to me, right? Like right, of it course. was immediately familiar to me that like each time they cut to a different scene, it was centered on a different character um, and just advancing that storyline a little. And then they like went through like three or four characters and came back to the first one and yeah. then just kept going around in circles until the show ran out of time. Yeah. Right. And that's where I kind of like, yeah. I was like, oh, it's an episode of a soap opera. It's a bad name <laughs> and we have to fix it. So I'm going to just tell you well, this right okay. now. We'll, it, we'll keep, we may just we'll call keep, it character based. Sure. I like character based. Do we want to say character? Do you want to change it mid show? Um, I think let's let's right now change it to character based. We'll okay. stop calling it episode based. Okay. Um, you're hearing it. You're as you are listening to this listener. You're hearing, <laughs> you're hearing us hearing work through this. <laughs> this is our character based play. Cool. I like that. Good. Good. Right. Excellent awesome. job. Thank okay. you. Okay. You're Good. Welcome. That'll get us away from episodic play. Yeah. The, the the tricky part is the episode versus episodic is a exactly a close word thing, right? If you're we, okay, if you're yeah. okay, uh-huh. I, there's this wild graphic I drew on the next page. <laughs> Would you mind if I just describe that so that? Um, yeah, I want you to describe it, and then um, and then based on your description of that, I want to describe how my games go because sure. I can visualize them in the same way, but they look a little different. Okay, sounds good. Okay. All cool. right, so when we're talking about character-based play, like Senda said, each character has their own um, storyline based on their own goals, who they are, and what they're doing. Um, and so we can have, for instance, um, we'll just for this case use like three characters, right? Character A, B, and C. Um, and they each have their own plot line stretching out ahead of them, right? And from time to time, some of them will be in the same scene together or might have a common interest, right? So like maybe during the course of an episode, um, during course of a session, right? Um, B and C are in scenes together, but A is just kind of doing their thing, right? And other times um, A and B are together and C is just doing their own thing. Um, and, you know, all those permutations, right, at, at different times. Right? So, yeah, what I want to actually describe, because I, I want to go from here into, like, and that makes perfect sense. And it 100, you have a little arrow there that says that this is your Vampire and Amber games ran like this. And that also makes perfect sense to me. Um, I want to more visually describe exactly what's happening here, which is that there's actually a chart on this page that has... A, B, and C in a stack on the the vertical um, axes, right? And A is pretty much going like straight across the top. And then B has a line that like goes straight and then it goes up and touches A and then it comes back down and goes straight. And C has a line that comes out and goes up, touches B, comes back down and goes all the way up and touches C and then comes all the way back down and goes straight kind of thing, right? And then they kind of converge at the end. Um, And the reason I think it's important to describe this in terms of the visuals is because... Um, that is exactly what it would look like to me if you had a bunch of very individual character-driven um, plot lines, right, that occasionally converge, which is very soap opera. Um, but the other version, um, or it's not even another version, right? But like, y- if you can imagine that you have um, A, B, and C, and then their lines then look essentially like a braid instead of 
individual sure. lines, right? Like, so when you start imagining the graphic of how these characters can inter in, um, intermerge is not a word, um, intersect. There we go. I was like, wait, wait, I lost it. Um, in terms of how those characters intersect on that actual chart of like each scene, um, that might be a little bit, or it might be like constantly messing with each other's plot lines, right? And both of those are still both character-driven um, examples, right? Character, character-based play. Yes. Yeah. Good. And I think the important thing to note here is that with character-based play, we don't have a like we don't have a story that we're playing through, right? Like there's not a like there's not like a dungeon to explore, a mission to complete. What we're just doing is that each session that we're playing the game, we are going and touching, like we're putting the spotlight on each character and moving their um, overall plot line ahead incrementally. Yeah, it's a little bit more like the game version of like reality TV shows where they just get a bunch of weird personalities and then like make them live in a house together and then like see what happens. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it, it, to me, it's exactly like... <laughs> That's the extreme like, example, right? Right. To me, it's exactly like the soap opera example, right? Like, Oh, yes. Each time, like we're never seeing a beginning, middle and end in one session yeah. for any character, right? One character may be in the middle of their rising action. The other one may be in the denouement of a current plot line, and another one is, you know, going to stretch out ahead of, you know, another another one's coming up in a future, in a future episode, and you know, another character could be at the climax of theirs. Yeah, right. They're they're not all, and I think that's an important part here is that because each character has a plot line, each character can be in a different place on the plot line, and yeah. like you said, each character can be either in proximity to other characters or not right. depending yes. on the game like for depending instance on the in game my, and what makes sense yeah yeah like for instance when i ran my vampire game um there was a decent amount of proximity to one another uh because they would just go talk to each other yeah right like they would just go but each had their own goals and things they were working on but like you know they they'd bump into each other or you know call each other up on the phone or whatever in yeah. my amber game players tended to not work together. Yeah. Um, they were all pursuing their own individual goals. They would infrequently contact each other. Um, and we'll talk about a little later, um, slightly more complex version of this, where I would, as a GM, do stuff to create proximity. Absolutely. But left on yeah. their own, like left on their own, there could be whole sessions where none of them um, directly interacted with each other. Yeah, which is um, the way that we're playing Monster Hearts right now. Like, it's actually reasonably unusual for there to be um, fewer than half the characters in any given scene, right? Like, we're very frequently all in the same place at the same time, or, um, like, at most, all at the same house party, but, like, these two are in one room and the rest of us are in this room or something like that. Yeah. Except, except very strangely... For my character, who keeps accidentally walking off into the Fey Realm and having her own little experiences, which is a whole different thing. And I, um, I think it's yeah. important to note that there are two types of proximity that we're talking about here, not to confuse them. There's, proxim there's physical proximity, how close are the characters to one another. Right. And then there is spotlight proximity, as in... Are you actually doing actions together? In, a, right? in the, When we move the spotlight. Like, if you could yeah. all be in the same house party and having five different spotlight 
scenes as the GM goes oh, around absolutely. because yeah. you could just be only talking to NPCs. Yeah. And I, it, that was a bad example specifically because of that. It came to mind because the people who were in, you know, the bedroom were having a scene together and the people who were in the living room we were interacting with each other, right? I don't so even want to say that. that's a bad example. It's a great example well, yeah. of the two types of proximity because... It, it happened to be both physical and spotlight proximity at the same time is what I was going for, yeah. Yeah, but that's okay because... that And that's my point is that like that's the complexity of this is that like we can all be in the house party, but for the GM, the GM's like, okay, like Senda and Brett are in this scene, mm-hmm. Right. Like they're going to be in this scene together and it might be you two who decide like, oh, we need to go talk this out. We're going to go like we're going to the bedroom, whereas I'm like, oh, I'm going to push this NPC on Quincy. I I just like I need the spotlight on Quincy by themselves. Just Quincy. Just Quincy. Right. So that's um, and that's perfectly valid. Right. Like when we're talking about this, this style of character based play, all of these things are totally fine. In my Amber game, sometimes these characters weren't in the same universes yeah. as each other, right? Like, <laughs> like they were literally in different parallel universes from one another doing their own things. And other times they were like sitting, having like a glass of wine together, like somewhere. Yeah. Um, and part of, and a lot of that gets driven not by the GM, but by what the player is up to. Yes. There's like a balance between what the GM kind of throws at the players and what the players are like, this is what I'm doing. Like when the spotlight comes around, you'd be like, okay, Senda, what are you doing? Yeah. So, and I actually, we will talk about that more later because I have a note um, sure. to bring that into our discussion of like how, how story versus character driven play affects your experience, both as a player and a GM. So we'll get We're to that get, part. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we should proceed. <laughs> Let's go through the other parts. Oh, so Obviously, I just wanted to bring up, yeah. I wanted to bring up one other thing when you were describing this picture, because you were talking about, and at the end they all converge. And let me just say that that is an optional piece True. Yes. that, um, you can do, which, you know, we would call the finale or cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Like as if a season was, you know, you see this in TV shows a lot. When you get to the finale, these storylines all kind of like converge together. Something happens. The players all do something together. And then like that set of episodes, that season is done, right? Season yeah. is kind of the arc for um, the this kind of play. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, yeah. And episodes are kind of synonymous with sessions. Yeah. Um, because in this episode, in this session, what are we doing? Yeah. Right. So, and you can absolutely have kind of, um, you can kind of have these, um, season finales or not. You can just like, you know, have a season and everything, like everybody's personal things all kind of conclude. And then you start a new season with like, you know, time has passed and we have new problems arising. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, cool. Cool. So let me <laughs> jump back. We're excited about, you know, pinpointing we're, all this we're, stuff. Like we're laying down track as the trains, yep. you know, moving <laughs> forward. Um, it's okay. This happens, right? This is how we kind of invent these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and by invent, I mean, we just kind of invent names for them. These things, yeah. like, like when I mentioned my Amber game, I'm talking about a game I ran in the nineties, right? Yeah, so like, yeah, yeah. like this style of play isn't new by any stretch of the imagination. Just that sometimes we don't name these things. And when we don't name them, it's sometimes hard to talk about how to master them. 
Yeah, or or to even be able to clearly describe what you're talking about in a specific situation, which since what we do is answer questions, one yeah. of the things we have to do is make sure that we're all talking about the same thing Correct. when we talk about a question so that we are answering the thing that you are expecting us to answer. When we get... Um, when we get so. to the end of the episode, we'll kind of explain why this is important. Yeah, why this became a thing. Okay. Anyway, cool. So, Tell me about story-based games. Yeah, so story-based games work well when things are mission-based, site-based, quest-based, right? Mission and quest are the exact same thing. Just quest denotes that you're playing a fantasy game. Mission yeah, denotes that you're playing a more modern Quest tells me you've game. got swords and mission tells exactly. me you've got blasters. Like <laughs> Just like bar and tavern. Right. right? Like just, yeah. Exactly. Um, so story-based games work really well um, when things are mission-based and story-based because missions have beginning, middle, and ends. Mm-hmm. Sites have a beginning, middle, and end, not as in a plot, but as in like nothing has been discovered. You haven't opened any doors to all the doors have been opened, mm-hmm. right? That's a beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's where story-based games work best. Things that have clear beginning, middle, and ends. Um, the characters in story-based games are often a team or party and are doing things together, right? Think like D&D, right? We have a party, right? Yep. Going through a dungeon. Yes. Very, very... Um, very, very clear. It's the stereotype, right? Yeah. In my, I'll go back to my Knights Black Agents game again. My Knights Black Agents game is a team of agents. Mm-hmm. They all have specialties. They all complement one another, that kind of thing. Um, and in our game, our, um, we are, we, our story chunk is based on the city that the game takes place in. So, our first story took place in Stockholm. Our second story took place in Budapest. Our current story, which I'm going to um, right after. Oh, geez. Yeah, we're um, going to we're right gonna after this recording. This <laughs> right after this recording um, is taking place in Zurich. Um, and each one of those has a beginning, middle and end. The beginning being the players arrive in the city and the end is the players leaving the city, whether it is leaving cleanly or getting the hell out of Dodge because all <laughs> hell is broken loose. That's what we play to find out okay um so that's story-based games you definitely have played them oh i definitely have for me story-based games um i mean the ones that i can come up with just off the top of my head i played a lot of magical girl story-based games right because magical girls are a team who usually get missions like just as another example that is outside of your standard genres um but anyway that's kind of the idea there so character-based games work well when the characters are the story, right? So this is um, when play focuses on what each character is doing, what their particular personal goals and wants are. Um, And then each character is doing their own things, right? They are driven by their own internal purpose, not by an external requirement or goal. Yeah, no quest giver, no story, like no mission assignment, right? that kind of thing. Yeah. And and, and I think the important thing is, um, I don't know if it's important, I'll add to it. Um, mm-hmm. the characters, um, goals slash stories don't have to be in alignment with one another. Not in the least. <laughs> yeah. They can, they can oppose one another. They could just ignore one another. Like mm-hmm. it's like all of those work. Yeah. Um, so I, for me, 
with my particular group that I play with right now, this is the most common style of game that we play, like across mm-hmm. the board these days. Like this is what we've fallen into. Um, this is just what drives us. So right now, um, <laughs> just because we're playing it right now, I can tell you our Monster Hearts game is like this, right? Like we oh, all have 100%. very specific purposes and Monster Hearts is a game that based on the playbooks encourages you to play this way because each of the playbooks has some kind of very specific um almost goal or like way to play right that are going to sometimes work together and sometimes be at odds with each other um and that is what drives drama to happen in that game so Mm -hmm. um another really good example of course another favorite of mine that is almost it's so close to coming out they keep sending kickstarter updates but passion de la passiones what a fantastic game um so that's another one of, you know, my favorites, but it's also, this is just the style that we tend to play. Um, there's a lot of Powered by the Apocalypse that work this way, but there are also a lot that don't, right? So yeah, I mean, it's not Dungeon like I can World generalize. Is, Dungeon World is absolutely one that works um, very well story-based. Really, Night Witches. Um, but anyway, moving right along. Correct. Um, <laughs> actually, you've, uh, with Night Witches, you've actually touched on our Ooh, next part of this. Brilliant. Um, which is... Um, we can now add a little more complexity to this. We explained yes. the two simplest versions yes. of story and character based. Yep. You can mix these. Yes, you're right. Um, Night Witches is a really good example for this. Exactly. <laughs> you can absolutely mix these. These are not pure forms of play. Um, so if some of you were getting, if some of you were already yelling at us on, on the, uh, what you call it, while you were listening, we're aware <laughs> you absolutely can mix these. And I absolutely have mixed these um, multiple times. So I will explain the first one, which is, um, you can take a story-based game, a game that is predominantly story-based, and add some epis- and you can add some character play to it. Um, I do this almost all the time for my story-based games, um, and that is between stories, you can have um, this character play where you um, take some time to advance character-based plot lines by doing, you know, individual scenes with each character, um, and just that you do a little bit of that and then you go to the next story. And then when that story ends, you do a little bit more character stuff and then you go to the next story. And then as you get more, um, as you get like more advanced at this, the stuff that happens in the character part starts to become the reasons for the story parts um, and that kind of thing. Um, And you can do all of that. Like you can start to blur this by having character stuff become story and story stuff turn into character stuff that kind of thing. But um, very much what we're talking about is like some character play in a game that is basically story-based. This is also how I ran Blades in the Dark, that free-form part of the game that takes place before you do um, the score, I think is what they call it, the job, the mission, the score, whatever. I use that. Every character had their own plot line. And when we would get to that phase of play... I would do a scene for each of those plot lines and move something incrementally forward. And then they would go do score and then do all the aftermath and all that. And when they came back to the free form play, I would advance each one of those another chunk. Yeah. It's actually, it's really interesting. So, um, so I'm going (laughs) to, I'm going to use a similar example, but so when we talk about character based play with occasional story elements, right? So this is when the, the play of the game is mostly driven by characters, wants, needs, goals, actions, etc. 
Um, but occasionally there is also an outside story or mission or something that will cause them to um, participate in a story beginning, middle, end together, right? Um, what's really interesting is that um, when we broke Scum and Villainy, because we did, right? Um, my, my group broke Scum and Villainy because um, we went, we just went way off book. Um, when we did that, it was because we basically converted that game from being a story-based game to being a character-based game with story elements, right? We, we actually inverted the priority, which in retrospect, based on how we play everything, is like no surprise, right? Because um, that's what we were the most interested in. Um, so, uh, which is fine. <laughs> the game wasn't built to do it, so we mangled it in the process, uh, rules-wise. We had lots of fun doing it, don't get me wrong. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I did this, I would do the same thing in my Amber Vampire game where um, we would have all of our individual plot lines and occasionally I would just drop like an event into the game where everybody was like sucked into it and had to participate. Yeah, or like, so the interesting thing about our Monster Hearts game is that we are the cast and crew of a, uh, a community college production of Macbeth. And um, so even though we are all off being character driven, we have this story element thing where we're all working on the show together. And at some point, the show is going to have to go live, right? Uh-huh. Like, we're yeah. going to have to do the show. <laughs> and like, so the fact of that particular piece of story drives us in many ways to keep interacting where our individual characters might not have a particular interest in interacting with each other. The fact yeah. that we have this thing that we do kind of have to do together for a grade um, keeps bringing us back. I mean, as a GM, what I'm seeing is that, of course, opening night is the climax of like a bunch of stuff, right? Or the or the or inciting an event like a story based event, right? It has to happen during the the actual like opening night of the play. There is right? like, like all so hell much has to break. The loose. cursed play has already like people have already died. Like yep. this is <laughs> it's perfect. It's it's wild. Anyway, it's great. But so, okay, yeah, so moving right. So along. the point the point that we're bringing up here is that. Neither one of these story based or character based need to be pure. Yes, you can you can mix and mingle, um, but you're likely to have a pro- one of them is likely to be more predominant than the other. Yeah. Like you're going to use one as the base and add the other one in. It's yeah. kind of the way it works. Yeah. Okay. Now, why does any of this matter? <laughs> the real question. <laughs> the real look. It's fun when we make up. It, it's fun when we make up um, look, like models for explaining play sure. and definitions and stuff. Yeah. It's great. I love it. But yeah. but the show is here to help. So why does any of this matter if you are sitting at home, um, GMing games or about to GM game? Right. Um, we're gonna ping pong through a list of things that these styles impact. Um, and it doesn't matter which style it is, these two, um, styles like are impacted by or impact the following things. I think that's a better way to say it. impact yeah, the following yeah, things. Yeah. Sure. What's the first one? Yeah. Or so should I do the first one? Cause it's the got the magic one. word. Yes. Yeah. It's got the magic word in it. The, <laughs> yeah, first like, one, the first one, <laughs> the first one that the style of game you're playing is impact uh, impacts is how you prep your sessions. Mm-hmm. If you are prepping a story-based game, um, you need to have a plot line for every character plus plot line for your NPCs. I almost failed out of grad school 
because I was running Amber Diceless at the time and was running it for like six people and had to keep six plot lines going week to week because I was playing the game weekly. It was more than I could actually handle. Yeah, it's definitely a situation where uh, uh, character-based play, I think, lends itself to improv gaming because you have to you would have to prep a lot. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and Amber was very much a game with a lot of machinations, so I wasn't running like one or two NPC plot lines like almost every major NPC had their own plot line that was happening in the background that I had to keep track of keep and, and advance. Yeah, Oof. there were a lot of plates spinning in that campaign. Yeah, if you are prepping a story based game, um, you need to prep out your story. And depending on how much time it takes you to prep your story, I often get like multiple sessions from a single story. Yeah. So I will do a lot of work for like one week and then just some maintenance work the following weeks. Yeah. Yeah, okay. makes perfect sense. So prep is very much impacted by this. What's the next thing? Right, um, how the session itself actually runs, right? Because the things that you're basically tracking and moving on as a GM can adjust and shift because you're focusing on what decision a character made more than like which door did they just open, right? Uh, yeah, I think in addition to that, like, are like is the spotlight on the whole party? right. Or do I have to manage the spot? There is a lot more potential table management in terms of moving from character to character and spotlight management stuff, which we've talked about in other episodes. So there's tips out there for you if you missed them. Um, I don't remember which episode it was, but you can find it. I believe in you. Um, Yeah. Um, Which actually leads to the next point. Which is player downtime. Uh, if we're playing a story-based game where we are pretty much always together moving from room to room, fighting monsters or achieving our mission goals or whatever, um, my downtime as a player is pretty much just until my turn comes back around, like, what am I doing? If I'm playing a more character-based game, uh, my downtime is until the spotlight gets back to me. Yeah. Right? I may not be in the next four scenes. I have to wait for the spotlight to get back to me. I know when I ran Amber or Vampire that it's a very different run from how I run something like Knights Black Agents. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's a very and I'm and it's okay. Like I'm very comfortable doing both. But like tonight for my Knights Black Agents game, we are actually doing character based scenes. The characters all dispersed after the last mission and took a couple weeks laying low, and they're coming back together. And I need to do character based scenes and i need to tell them like hey like before we get back to the group part where you all like head into the next story we're gonna have a little downtime as i go around the table doing individual stories yep and that's just that is an expectation thing Um, bottom of your list it is but i have more to say about it so but it is an expectation thing to set with your characters that like you know if, if it's gonna be especially something really distant like Amber Diceless, where it really is like you really may not interact again until I come back around to you. Like that's an expectation so that people understand kind of what they're getting into. Yeah, what else What else is affected? Um, so character builds, right? Like if you know that the purpose of this game is to move as a party through a mission, right? Then what you are doing is building characters who work together mechanically to support all of the different pieces that you need from a party. So that's where you get into like, we have a healer and we have a rogue and we have a tank and we have, you know, somebody magic-y, et cetera, right? Like, because you're fulfilling all the different things that you need as a group. When you aren't moving together, um, your character build is going to be affected by that because now your build 
Um, there's two parts to it. Firstly, you might be building a character that you're like, this character just needs to function absolutely on their own. So they might be more of a jack of all trades. Or the other thing about building characters is that you might be more focused on the needs, drives, and goals of that particular character so that you have that specific understanding that's going to drive you to make interesting decisions in the game as a character to make cool story, not story, I need to not use that word, to make cool drama happen um, <laughs> at mm -hmm. the table, right? Because um, that's what will make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which I, you know, and then I think the other thing you need to talk about along those same lines is that if you are going to be alone a lot, um, your character needs to be built to be kind of self-sufficient. Yeah. Right? And you don't have a, you don't have a tank, you don't have a tank to jump yeah. behind. You may need to make sure that you have some way to defend yourself. Right. Kind of or thing. like some way to heal yourself. Like if you're going to be in a game where you have to take active, like, you know, whatever risk, um, that you are functionally able to take that risk on as an individual, right? Whatever yep. kind of risk we're talking about for whatever kind of game. Yeah. Um, this then goes to the next one, um, which is character goals. Mm -hmm. uh, and here's the thing. I'm going to say this and then people are going to get mad and then I'll, I'll, I'll preface it. No, I won't preface it. I'll fill it in afterwards. Sure. If you're playing a story-based game, you don't have to have character goals. Yeah. You don't. Mm-mm. You can. Your goals could just be go dungeon know. to dungeon yeah. or follow missions or whatever. You don't have to have individual character goals. You can just, you can just do like, you can just play the main storyline. Mm -hmm. You just, you, you can have character goals. That's yeah. fine, but you don't need to have them. Yeah. Um, you know, your goal could just be to support the team. Yep. Um, totally valid. Um, but the same is not true if you're playing character-based play. Absolutely Characters need goals. Not. Yes. <laughs> because otherwise, what is the GM doing with you when the spotlight hits you? Yeah. What are you right? trying to do? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, you could do that and then you're at the whim of the GM, but again, if you're like it doesn't really work. If you're playing character-based game, your character needs goals. Like if you're playing Passion to Passionés and you're like, "Yeah, I don't know, I'm just here." Yeah, that's not, yeah, no. Yeah, like, mm -hmm. I mean, if you're not, if you're not, you know, having, you know, an affair or embezzling something or plotting to get rid or of, you know, your impersonating your, your twin, like, yes, exactly. <laughs> like, what, like, then what are you doing in the game? <laughs> right? Like, and, and so a lot of games, especially PBTA games, do a good job of um, making the playbooks pointed. So it's hard not to have goals. Yeah. Um, but it is very much a thing that um, if I'm sitting down to play a mission-based game and I'm like, you know, what kind of things, you know, what kind of things are important for your character and players like, I don't know, it's not really a crisis for me. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Like, we're just, yeah, you know, we're going to be going out. to, yeah. yeah, no big deal. But if I'm sitting down to play like Monster Hearts and I'm like, cool, what's your, like, what's your, like, it doesn't have to be your final goal, but what's your initial goal in this game? And you're like, I don't really have one. I'm I'm a little like, like now what? Uh, okay, like I'm gonna throw some stuff at you and hope something like like clicks, and we can talk about that in a future yeah session. Now that we have some new language, yes, yes, yes. Um, but character goals are a thing. Yeah. Uh, the last talk about, one. Yeah. yeah talk sorry. About the last one. The last one is um, player expectations, and I wrote this down as a separate thing to talk about specifically because, and it, it ties in with what you just said about player goals. Um, because these sessions or episodes are driven by character actions and decisions, um, by, by characters making interesting 
um, decisions, right? And, and, and pursuing their goals in interesting ways, there is more expectation on the players themselves to do that, to make interesting choices, to um, do cool things, to specifically go for stuff that isn't necessarily the safest way to do something or necessarily the like most, you know, obvious, I guess. Like it needs to be logical for the internal logic of that character. But that doesn't mean that it has to be the most obvious way for the us, the people outside of that character's head, right? So there is a lot more, I think, expectation, um, on the players to share with the GM um, the action of keeping a plot going um, because they have to be really actively invested um, in their character's desires to continue to make those cool choices, right? And it's, you know, I mean, having said that, could you run that game without it? Yes, but as you have described, it would be really difficult. As a GM, you are then just putting out tons of energy into the universe and trying to get people to give it back to you. And when that happens in a game that is character-based, it feels a lot like pulling teeth from people. Um, and it, it can be really difficult and sloggy to run. And I've definitely done it at conventions. And at the end, everybody's like, that was great. And I'm like, I'm exhausted. That was yeah. terrible. Yeah. Right? So it clicks along best. With even though the the game can be GMful, right? It has a GM or a facilitator or someone in a leadership role in terms of driving the the game forward. There is a lot more shared responsibility between that sort of facilitation role and the character roles to collaboratively move forward um, as a as a whole, right? to make interesting decisions together and to create interesting situations for yourself and others. Like that kind of thing doesn't then exclusively fall on the GM. Um, make cool choices is basically what that is. Anyway, so that's yeah. a player expectation thing, right? Because if you walk in like, I know this is going to be really character-based, then make sure that the people you're playing with know the expectation is that they're going to have to drive some of their plot line, their story I keep trying not to say story because it means something else in this episode, but they need to be driving their own personal goals as a character, right? Yeah. So it's a Absolutely. different expectation. Um, you can drift along a lot more on a mission-based game and be like, you know, okay, cool. I just do what they tell me to. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> right? Absolutely. You can totally do that. Yeah. You don't have to worry about it. In fact, my, um, my players in my Knights Black Agents game actually asked me like, hey, when are we going to do some character stuff? And the reason we hadn't was no time had passed from the inciting incident. So like yeah. we played like, we played like 12 days of their lives that were like nonstop mission. Yeah. Oh gosh. And which was why I was like, cool. Now that this part of the mission's done, yeah. let's take a breather yeah. and like rejoin these characters like a couple weeks later and we can now insert some character stuff. Yeah, love it. But they actually asked me that. They were like, where's our character stuff? And I was like, <laughs> I got you. I got like, you. We're getting there. It just, there was no place to put those scenes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So lastly, before we start to wrap this up, nearly any game that you have can be played in either one of these styles, right? It is not that... Um, it is not that certain games are only meant to be played in certain styles. You can, I would say nearly any game, and I say nearly because anytime you go for absolutes, one, you're a Sith, and two, someone will find a, a case <laughs> where you're wrong. Sure. Nearly any game can be played in either of these styles. But some games, many games, are designed 
with an expectation for which style they follow. Yes. D&D's expectation is that you are playing a story-based game. Yeah. You are a party. The word dungeon, which is a site location, <laughs> is in the name of the game, etc. Can you play it story-based? Yeah. You can. Absolutely. You totally you mean, can. You mean character-based. I'm sorry, character-based. Yeah. Can you play it character-based? You absolutely can. But the material that's designed for the game assumes you're playing story-based. Yeah, you can do it. Okay. It just doesn't support you very well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, other games like Monster Hearts, Passion de Passionés, Cartel, um, are meant to be character-based. Yeah. Um, you can play them story-based, but... It's gonna feel. It may feel a little. Feel weird. a little strange. Yeah. 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 Like they 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 flourish better when you have individual characters pursuing um, their own ideas. Yeah. So, um, but by no means think that. Oh, I want to play a story based game, uh, and I only play D and D. No, you can totally run a story based D and D game. It is totally fine. It'll it'll it's gonna feel different than other D and D games you you ran, but you can totally do this. Did, it's fine. Did you say? Did you mean character based again? <sighs> fuck, <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuck. Sorry. Okay. Um, yes. But yes, you can totally play a character based. Yeah. Yes, you can totally play a character based D and D game. You're just gonna have to think about running it a little differently. Yeah. Totally works. Yep. Cool. Ooh boy. All right, we're gonna, that was fun. We're going to wrap this up because Phil has to go run some nice black agents. <laughs> I do, actually. We're not recording at our normal time for a whole bunch of reasons. And um, I'm actually like 30 minutes from getting picked up yep. to head to my Knights Black Agents yep. game. But one of the reasons we did this is because next week, the topic we were originally going to talk about before we had to do this um, was we want to talk about tips on running mini campaigns. But now that we've defined this, we're going to talk about tips for running mini campaigns for both story and character based games. Yes. Because we can now describe both of those um, and the differences in how you set up and run a mini campaign for those because they're each, while they're both mini campaigns, they're going to run a little differently based on everything we've been talking about. Yes, because we got into this conversation based on trying to define a mini campaign. <laughs> yeah, which was fine because when I, and now we can kind of reveal what we were talking about at the beginning. When I started um, brainstorming the ideas for the episode, which is a thing I do with Senda on the phone, I was doing it for story-based games yeah and, I and was, it was pretty easy to describe a mini yeah. campaign in story-based terms sure but but none of it matched up to none of it matched how with you run games my experience at all <laughs> and then i was like okay no i get that because i've run games like that and like they also can have mini campaigns and then that's when we like we're like oh there are two different styles of play here like we should probably talk about the styles of play now we can come back and talk about mini campaigns for each of those styles. Yes. Yep. That's what so we that do is, here. That is now our plan for next week. So thank yeah. you for the topic. It ended up being two topics. Uh, yeah, absolutely. A, a, a discovery. A discovery and topic. And I, I, yeah. I, love, I, I love these things because I love to, I love to define these things because when we define them, now when people send us questions they can be even more specific. They can right. say something like my character based game is having this problem. Yeah. And that 
is like that helps us understand uh, your game better and helps us answer your question better because then we can target our advice yeah. to a particular uh, style of play. Yeah. Cool. Great. Senda. Yes. In order for me to get to my Knights Black Agents game, we have to get to the closing of the show. <laughs> the thing standing between us right here at the wrap up and us getting to the closing is to talk about another show on the Misdirected Mark Network. Can you tell me? about another show. I absolutely can on Mastering Dungeons, RPG veterans and game designers Teo Sabadia and Sean Merwin look at the game and the hobby of D&D from a variety of different viewpoints, reporting the news, understanding the business, reviewing the products, and illuminating the design. Whether you are a fan, a player, a DM, or a designer, Sean and Teos will cover topics of interest to you. Did they write that copy? I don't know. It's really good. It's really good. <laughs> we should have them write I ours. Would, I would listen to that show. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Uh, say send up. Uh, where do people uh, find us on the internet? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us in the Misdirected Mark forums, which is forums.misdirectedmark.com. You can drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com. Or you can find us on the Tiki Talkies. Good luck. It's our individual accounts. Phil, once they find us in one of those places, what can they do with that information? Just like we said earlier, send us your topics, your questions, the things you want to know about. I I just encountered this on Twitter the other day. Send us the things that um, make GMing not as much fun for you. Um, We want to help. Um, Our whole purpose for being here is to make GMing more enjoyable for you. And more enjoyable by making things easier, giving you tools to better handle things, advice where to you know where to go, etc. But our ultimate goal is the same thing: the more enjoyable GMing is for you, the more GMing you will do, and the more games you will run. Yeah. Um, and this game and this this hobby right now is fueled off of GMs running games. Yep. Like I love you players. Don't get me wrong. There's no game without you players. But there are a whole lot more of you players than there are GMs. And currently, games are structured to require GMs. Or many so, of them. Most of them. So we are do- doing our part to keep you GMs in the trenches running games for uh, players and yourselves, right? Like I love, uh, I myself love running, love GMing games intrinsically, mm-hmm. like for my own enjoyment. Yep. Okay. That's what we're here for. The way we do that is send us some topics. Um, if you like what we do here or elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, consider supporting our Patreon campaign. Go to patreon.com slash MMP. You're going to get the Bamboo Lounge, which is the little bit of after show here. The Misdirected Mark after show and access to our awesome Slack room for life. You can also hit us up and join us. Um, if you're in the Slack room, uh, we post our weekly Zoom luncheon. Um, so if you're working from home or able to sneak in a Zoom call while you're at work, which I do from time to time, come join us on our luncheon. Uh, we'd love to see your face mm-hmm. um, and get to say hi to you in person. Yeah. Cool. Um, if you are already supporting our Patreon, thank you very much. If you're unable to support our Patreon, we totally understand. Um, no worries. There's still a thing you can do. It is singly the most important thing that helps us get to other uh, GMs or players. You can totally listen to this if you're a player too. We're not we're not pushing anyone out because every player has the potential of being a GM inside <laughs> them. Um, 
sometimes that just needs to be like awoken. Sure. And we're here to do that as well. Sure. Yes. Senda, what's that thing? What's the thing that like, what is it like? What is the big help that we always need? Yeah. Just tell people, just tell, you know, somebody posted like the reason that Phil got dinged is because um, somebody like responded to a thing and tagged him in it. And, uh, you know, anytime that you can let someone know about our show when it's the right solution for their ears, for whatever question they're asking, or if you think someone will just like it, let us know. Let them know. Tag us in it. We love people. We love listeners. Um, thank you so very much to everybody who's already listening. If you want to just tell a random stranger about our show, you can also leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice, whichever one it is. If you let me know where it is, I, I like to read them, but they're hard to stock down because a lot of places people can leave them. So let me know. They make us feel warm and warm and fuzzy inside. And thank you so much to everybody who has already left a review. We really, really appreciate them. Yeah, thanks a bunch. Mm -hmm. Say, Senda, what ideas do you have about character-based mini-campaigns? This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Show me what you got, eh? Hey, show me what you got, show me what you got, eh? Hey, show me what you got, show me what you got, eh? Hey, show me what you got, hey, show me what you got. Hey. Check, 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 check. Did you click? I did. Did you click? I need, I need to adjust my mic okay. here. I'm noticing I was all hunched, and then we hit go, and I was like, oh god, I want to sit up straight. Okay, I'm good now. Alrighty. All right, we're not going to waste any time because time is not nope. on our side, and we'll talk about that um, in the Bamboo Lounge. Yep. Okay. Bloop. Do, 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 do,